Ranking in Google is the result of having great content, of having great reviews, of building relationships, of making blog posts that get seen, of running ads that drive traffic to your site. All these things are signals that Google can see. And when you show the good signals to Google, they'll rank you higher. And people also ask and different kinds of featured snippets and videos and tweets and knowledge panels, all these different things that show up inside Google. Welcome to the Painter Growth Podcast, where we help you scale your painting company in record time. Join us as we explore sales, marketing, hiring, finances, leadership, and more, everything that you need to know to scale and grow your painting business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Mike Hickman here, founder of PainterGrowth.com, and you're listening to uh, a very special episode of the Painter Growth Podcast. Um, I have Dennis Yu on today, and you may uh, may not have heard of him before, but um, uh, you certainly should have. Um, he is founder of his company called Blitzmetrics, but previously he's been in charge of or been responsible for over $1 billion with a B in ad spend. Um, he's argued with Mark Zuckerberg live on CNN, and he's one of the original search engine engineers of a little tiny company called Yahoo. Before so, there was Google. <laughs> I'm sorry? Before there was a Google. Before there was a Google. Absolutely. So, hey, Dennis, really excited to have you on today. Thanks, Mike. Good to see you. So I think there's really, I mean, there's sure there's a million things that you could provide value to the listeners of this podcast, but the two things that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on today, like, because I'm personally interested, is going to be on building your personal brand because like for right now, you wouldn't say, you you don't classify this your personal brand, but on Facebook, you have almost a million followers uh, among other social medias too, I'm sure. Yeah. And um, because you've been, and then, and then SEO, you know, uh, yeah. because you were original search engine engineer of Yahoo, you spent basically yeah. your life in SEO. Probably we can have some good questions about that. Yep. So I want to ask you first, how did you end up arguing with Mark Zuckerberg live on CNN? <laughs> One of my friends is the anchor at CNN, like George Howell, him and Anderson Cooper are the co-anchors. And Cambridge Analytica happened, if you remember. Yep. There were some data privacy issues, you know, the Chinese and Russians meddling in the elections, and they needed somebody to kind of argue the counter side. And the question is, should Facebook be regulated? And what does Facebook really know about our data? And naturally, they came to me. Because if you look in the media, whenever the media has a question about data privacy, about Facebook, about advertising, they've come to me. And I may or may not be the most knowledgeable person, but because I've been on TV so many times, I'm a safe bet to bring on TV. So I flew to Atlanta in the studios and it was a very harrowing kind of thing. They have more, you know, like the TSA is kind of a pain in the butt, right? Going through that whole airport security. Oh yeah. Imagine going through three layers of TSA because CNN is the most bomb threatened building in the world. And all that kind of stuff that comes with it and the makeup and getting there early at, you know, five in the morning and, and those kinds of things. But it's absolutely nuts. And was Mark because, Zuckerberg in the same room as you? No, he was remote. Ah, he was remote. Okay. But I, I think I kicked his butt because I got text messages from other Facebook executives afterwards saying, dude, you can't be saying stuff like that on TV. <laughs> and I said, I don't work for you guys. And I gave an honest answer and I was protecting you guys too. 
So it wasn't like I was just trying to bash Facebook. Well, I'm certainly going to check out that interview <laughs> as soon as we're done here. <laughs> um, so I guess moving forward into like going from, I mean, not even from that, um, how do you spend a billion dollars in ad spend? That's a lot of money. Uh, you spend it a dollar at a time. <laughs> and I'm a big testing guy. I'm not a gambling, just throw everything on red kind of guy. And if you're a painting contractor and you have a micro budget, then you start running at a dollar a day. And when you find 10 ads that you put $7 against to run for a week, you find one that's a winner, you put 10 bucks against it, you put a hundred bucks against it, and then you let it run forever. And that's how you get to billions of dollars in ad spend. Like we did this for Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is a language learning company, you know, learn how to speak Spanish or English. And we started with a dollar a day against a bunch of different ads for a Black Friday, Christmas sale, this kind of thing. And you and I, Mike, if we looked at a grid of all the different videos and the different stories, you and I could not pick out what we think the winner would be. We'd guess at it, right? But we ran tests against it. And we found that the story of this ambulance driver in Portland, Oregon, who learned how to speak Spanish, and that saved a bunch of lives because he didn't have to get an interpreter in. And when you have a heart attack or a car accident, you know, minutes count, seconds count. And he told that story, and that was the one that did the best. But we wouldn't have known unless we tested it. So it was just a testing strategy. And then we spent $1.3 million a day on Facebook and Google Ads leveraging that story. But we wouldn't have known. You know, we did the same thing for the Golden State Warriors, for Nike, for Quiznos, for Ashley Furniture, right? A chain of furniture stores. All of it's just testing. We're putting out 5, 10, sometimes 20 pieces of content all at a dollar a day. And when one of them wins, then we'll put $1,000 against it or $10,000 against it. But it's proven to win at that point. And that's how you spend a lot of money. You test with a little bit of money. So how do you, what's your thought process on creating different angles? So to create those different angles and yeah. those different ad variations, like what yeah. would be the, the process of doing that? Yeah. So we start with what we call GCT which is goals, content, and targeting. Those are the components of a successful brand. So when you think about goals, content, and targeting, it's I help people achieve a certain goal in a certain way for this particular audience. So I make beautiful houses in you know, downtown LA or you know, whatever it is, right? I, it's whatever you do, how you do it, and who you do it for. And when you tell those different stories in different variations. You're able to isolate the particular ingredients that are working. Is that particular ad working because that painting contractor is you know, up on a ladder and he has great personality? Is it because of the house that they're at? Is it because of the location that it's a recognizable location? Is it because of what they're saying? Is it be There's so many different angles that can mm -hmm. go into a video. And I don't even mean an ad. I mean any kind of piece of creative. And if it, if you isolate it to, it's this particular person. He's got a great personality. Okay, great. Let's have that person make more videos. Or it's because he's in this particular situation and it's a ride along. Like, hey, come with me. We're going to this visit this guy and we're going to paint his house. Like, okay. But then if that's what's working, do more of that. And you find and you never patterns. know until you test tons of ads against each other and then pick the winners. That's true. And so when you have it, so it's not just, I'm going to willy nilly come up with 50 random ideas. That's just spaghetti on the wall. What I'm doing is I'm taking things that I know work. 
So what's my value proposition? How does it tie to my reputation? What are people saying about me? If I look very carefully at my reviews in my Google business profile, if I look at what people are saying about me on Facebook, if I have my text go out and say, hey, you know, Sally, what do you think about the job? And she uses these particular words, then I'm going to reuse those components. So, you know, Tommy Mello, he's a good buddy of mine and he runs A1 Garage. And he, his technicians go out and say, hey, homeowner, did you know that the garage door is the smile to your house? And so people, their faces light up. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, you see how it was before and you see how it is now. How do you feel about that? And how, do, how what kind of job did we do? What was it like beginning to end? And what would you say about us to other people? Would you recommend us to your neighbor if they needed a garage door? And so by listening very carefully to those stories, you're going to hear certain phrases that your customers use. And then that's what you put in the ads. Like that. Um, I've, I've heard a similar strategy when it comes to doing market research. You look at, so say I want to write a book about a certain topic or want to create ads. I look at books on Amazon and the reviews that people have wrote, written on the books yeah. and then what words they're using on those reviews. And then that's kind of become some emotional copy. Yeah. But, but that's really good to look at your own ads and see really what's important or what your own reviews to see what people are saying about you and then leverage that to other people. And other people's ads too, because you and I know we can go to the Facebook ads library and we can look at what all the other painting contractors are doing in our city or anywhere else. And if you find a certain ad has been running for a few months, probably means it's working. Not necessarily, but usually it means if someone continues to put money against it, it's probably doing well for them, right? Well, what is it that they're doing? And does it? can you do without exactly copying, can you do kind of the same thing? Mm -hmm. that simple yeah, and, then, and then it's about just just doing something similar and then yeah. having a few different testing variations of it yeah. and then doing repeating the process yeah it's so easy the data is available my buddy mike roberts 20 years ago he created this tool called spy foo and it's competitive intelligence on google so you can see exactly the ads other people are running what they're bidding what their strategy is who they're targeting google even lets you know inside search console TikTok has their ads library. You can do the same searches. You have SEMrush and Ahrefs and other tools. I won't get too technical. The point is there's a lot of tools where you can see exactly what your competitors are doing. So there's no mystery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and I really like the concept of seeing how long an ad has been running. Because you're right. If, if it's been running for more than three or four months, then one of two things has happened. Either it's a successful ad and they're making money from it, or they're just completely incompetent. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, no one's watching what's going on and they're wasting money. But usually they know what they're doing. Yeah, usually. Hopefully. Hopefully. And if not, then that's your competitor and that's who you're competing against. And, you know, I love it when these other... And in the world of local, right? I'm a painter. I only have to beat other people in my city. It's like the guy who's fat and he's running from the bear and his partner says well how are you running from the bear the, the bear can run 30 miles per hour yeah i know but i only have to outrun you <laughs> yeah i like that i think that most most not even just painting contractors but most, but most people are scared to um put any sort of budget into facebook facebook or other platforms because they're just sure. not sure that it's going to work but i think yeah. if you're if you're managing it properly looking at it every day looking at the data yeah. Um, and making changes on a regular basis, then you can have more confidence in, in your ads bed. So for me, I love to gamble as in I win most of the time because it's not a Las Vegas, blackjack, whatever kind of gamble. But you do live in it, Vegas. So I come here to take the <laughs> oxygen baths. I never put a dime yeah. in. I feel like that's a tax for people that suck at math. 
Yeah. Why would people do that? Okay, it's entertainment and whatever. Okay, fine. But we were in a meeting the other day with Facebook and we told them, hey, um, did you know that with the conversion API, when you run lead ads on Facebook, that that data is not being passed back to Facebook? And we told this to the Facebook engineers and they didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? If like you run a lead ad, thing. you run a lead ad on Facebook or you run some kind of ad on Google or whatever, and you collect someone's name and phone number and this kind of thing, right? It's called a lead ad. You have to pass that data back to Facebook, even though it is run, for example, on Facebook. You would think like Facebook talks to each other, but they, they're a big corporation with different departments that have different parts of software that don't talk to each other. So the reason why that's important, and it sounds like this technical thing that most painting contractors are like, what is he talking about? If you don't pass back the signal, of a conversion and not just like a phone call, but what was a phone call that resulted in a quote that resulted in a customer, then Facebook and Google and whatnot can't optimize for you. They can't tune your ads for you. Even if you had me tuning your ads for you personally, I cannot beat the system if you pass it back the signal of a quality conversion. Isn't that crazy? That most they people are not even Facebook, doing this. Facebook wants you to have quality conversions because that's going to make you spend more money with them. But if you don't give them the data, then they have no idea. They're just going to, well, what, what are the best I'm going to do? I guess I'll just assume it. Like, I mean, what else? So most, people most, watch contractors, most contractors, in my experience, use either a lead ad or a messenger ad. Yeah. So, so if you're using a lead ad, are you passing that back through the conversion API, through a leads bridge, or through some other tool that does that? How can they figure that out? it's easy. It's like a couple clicks and you just sign up for a leads bridge account, which is like a free trial thing. And you pay like a couple bucks a month leads and that bridge. makes all the difference in your advertising. It is not how good you are at advertising and come up with these creative structures and targeting and ad sets and has nothing to do with that. It's two things. Pass the data back of the actual conversion you want Two, make combinations of creatives as one minute videos and whatnot that we teach. You put those two things in the machine it's as easy as brewing a Keurig in the morning. You put the thing in, press the button. Like, do you think, Mike, that I could outbrew a Keurig coffee cup than you? Like, I'm an expert. I've been brewing Keurigs for 20 years, <laughs> thousands of times, pressing the little button yeah. to brew the thing. I'm an do you expert, think I could right? outbrew you? Probably not. Well, that's how it is for advertising today. It'd be pretty close. Probably be a yeah. tie of things out. You know, and I'm sad because. Arguably, I was number one in the world in Facebook advertising. I was speaking at all the conferences. I wrote all the big articles about the targeting. And you know, at one point, there are 37 different ad types on Facebook. And I explained what each of them were. And it was all so complicated. And the more complicated Facebook made it, the more well-known I became and the bigger our agency grew and this sort of thing. But all those days are gone. It's like the AI beats you in chess, right? You're not going to beat the machine in chess anymore. I'm sorry. You need to work with the machine. The machine is smarter than you. Put in the data, put in the creative. You do those two. You do not need someone else as an advertising expert. Sorry. That was my career as an advertising expert. That died three years ago. So when someone starts a Facebook ad account, say they've never really ran Facebook ads before, they've done it in a little bit of a minimal fashion. Yeah. How many ad variations should they start with? Three or four. I mean, you have you know, dynamic creatives advantage plus and the equivalent of like performance max on Google. But the point is you just need a few, right? Yeah. A few little videos 
that show who you are at different stages of the funnel. You show, think video video would be better than, than still image? Video, because video can be turned into images and images can be turned into words and chat GPT can write, you know, copy, okay. that kind of thing. Cool. Video. So, so video before and after video, testimonial video, yeah. selfie you, video. Before and after is not allowed, but yeah. You'll, you'll before get, and after. Before and after. Shut uh, down for, with before and home after. Home transformations you can do. You can't do uh, body transformations, but you can do home transformations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just don't, like the side-by-sides will get you in trouble, but video showing the process is okay, even though technically that's like a time-lapse before and after. Okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So how about... Um, so I think that's a good, I know that we could go, go on Facebook forever, but let's, let's move a little bit into uh, personal brand and SEO. Yeah. Now yeah. SEO kind of gets a bad rap because it's pretty, it can be complicated. Scamming. Most of the people offering SEO are scamming, whether they're good hearted and well-meaning or not, they're scammers, the majority of them. So there's people who, yeah, they're white label. You, you don't know what you're buying, right? Cause it's, oh, it's going to take six to 12 months before you see any results. And, and you're the nature of selling it. It is, is like, imagine, you know, Mike, I said, Hey, let's just pretend you're fat, but you're not. And I said, you know what? I'm an expert weight loss, whatever. And if you pay me $2,000 a month, you will lose weight and you don't have to do anything. You just pay me $2,000 a month. Cause I'm a pro, you know, and I have all these people in India that are experts in weight loss. What would you say to that? Sounds great. Let's do it. Don't really? Do you don't have to do anything. No, you just pay me and magically you'll just start losing weight. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> SEO is not something you do. SEO is the result. Ranking in Google is the result of having great content, of having great reviews, of building relationships, of making blog posts that get seen, of running ads that drive traffic to your site. All these things are signals that Google can see. And when you show the good signals to Google, they'll rank you higher. And people also ask and different kinds of featured snippets and videos and tweets and knowledge panels, all these different things that show up inside Google. So if you work on taking care of your customers and build a great reputation and say thank you to your customers in a particular way, which we call the content factory, which is saying thank you, gathering the reviews and putting it on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and your GMB and all the places that you can put it out there so people can see it and so Google can see it. The result of all that is SEO, but you you don't do SEO. You do these content activity, take care of customers, use ChatGPT, create content, whatever. You do these things, and the result is you rank in search engines. That's like you can't, you know, back to the the weight loss uh, analogy, right? You can't go out and lose weight, but you can do things that contribute to that. If the result is I want to lose weight, then what do I do? I eat properly, I sleep, I exercise, I avoid all this, all the carbohydrates. There's all these things that I have to do, but I don't do weight loss. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Now people want SEO and is it valuable? Yeah, of course I want to rank in Google number one and all this and that, but you don't do SEO. And, and so the people that sell SEO, they can't get on the treadmill for you, right? They can't eat your vegetables for you. They can't sleep for you. What's the whole thing about backlinks? I never fully got that. So backlinks used to be the top signal of trust because us as search engines, we would say, it's like a lie detector test. We would say, what are all the things that are a signal of authenticity? In other words, what, what are things that, that are very hard for spammers to do? Well, 
what are the easy things for spammers to do? Well, spammers can generate websites. Spammers, spammers can use all these AI tools to generate all this other stuff. Spammers can create fake profiles that are even more believable than real profiles. But getting a link from CNN, getting a link from other, let's say, what city are you in? Uh, I live in Saskatchewan, Canada. Oh, Saskatoon, like where Vendasta is, which gets down to minus 40 and all. So yep. if, if I'm a, a painting contractor in Saskatoon, then, and I build links. In other words, there's other businesses in Saskatoon. There's the Ford dealership that George told me about. There's Vendasta's new office building there. There's all these other, you know, there's a, a, a I can get poutine at, you know, whatever the, <laughs> Hort, Tim Horton, whatever, right? All yeah. these things. So those are all real signals. So if I'm a Saskatoon business, I'm going to show real signals of other Saskatoon businesses that I know and work with and network with as part of my day-to-day. -day. So there's always two things that have to intersect. There's my geo and there's my category. So the geo is Saskatoon. I need all things Saskatoon. If all the stuff is coming from India or LA or other places, then I'm pretending to be a Saskatoon business. And even if they say Saskatoon, Saskatoon, but the IP address says it's Dallas, Texas, uh, search engine is going to say that, right? Yeah. So there's the geo piece. And there's a category piece. So within painting, there's all the subcategories of the kind of painting that you do. And you need to talk about it, show it, have videos of it, have your technicians that are behind the scenes. So you have your geo and you have your category. And when you do what you do, when your your uh, vans are going about and people you know notice them and take pictures or people Google your name, or those all generate signals. Now, if I'm an SEO company and I'm in Las Vegas, and I don't know anything about Saskatoon. How do I build links in Saskatoon? How do I get Saskatoon companies to link to me? How do I guest blog post for Saskatoon companies? How do I interview the mayor in Saskatoon? I can't. The search engines are getting smarter is what you're saying. The search engines have always known this. I did this over 20 years ago. I had a team of engineers that did this over 20 years ago. And if we could do it back then, guarantee you they're a lot smarter now. I spent three full days with Google engineers last week in closed door sessions where I had to sign documents basically saying that this is a secret and we're not going to talk about it, but I'll kind of like vaguely talk around it. But they basically admit that they know. They know they, they can detect chat GPT. Did you know that? I, I, I had heard that somewhere. Yeah, they can do it. They're not dumb, right? Do you, with all their engineering power and they saw this coming, don't you think that they've, they put, put in place the techniques to so they can but what they told me which blew my mind was yeah but we're not doing anything about it and you know, we can detect it but we're not going to penalize anybody about it yet like why not well because there's anthropic and bard and other sorts of ai tools and we want to be able to algorithmically detect any of the ais not just chat gpt like, oh okay fair enough and it's not become a big enough problem yet yeah, but I'm sure it will. It'll continue to grow as this is as worse as AI will ever be in our lives. And they said they said that they're going to nail people on this. It's just a matter of time. So how when it comes to so actually doing SEO, as you would say, <laughs> so getting, SEO, getting right. that result that yes. uh, that everyone is looking for, not even showing up first, but like showing up more frequently on Google, having yeah. a good like map yeah. pack, showing up on Google Maps more frequently, yep. getting those organic leads. You said great contact reviews, great content reviews and relationships. 
So what do you think are like the top two or three low hanging fruit that every service based business should be doing to maximize this opportunity? Every time you do a job, make a 15 second video with that customer. Every time someone gives you a good review on Google, Facebook, whatever, share it. Every time you get a new employee or it's some kind of holiday or it's, you know, fifth anniversary of Sally who answers the phone, honor them with a 15 second video. Take those little videos that come across from wherever or a day in the life of whatever you're doing. It doesn't have to be painting. It could be, hey, I like to get coffee in the morning because prior to that, I'm a jerk. So don't talk to me but until I have my coffee. I don't know, whatever it is, just different parts to show that you and your team are human. Collect those little videos, then push them on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Snapchat, Google My Business, the website, all of that. Take that content, that video content, which we like to put inside Google Drive, and push it on all the different channels, even identically as they are. Just raw. Don't have to edit it. Don't have to hire all the VAs to do all the stuff. You can use Descript if you want or hire people that do Premiere Pro and other tools. But if you take those little authentic stories, not perfect choreographed, you know, $60,000 red camera Hollywood produced. No, no, just you and your cell phone. You take those stories, put that out there. The result will be that you rank better in search. And I ran this by the folks at Google last week. This is what we call the content factory, the techniques of being, being able to take this and push it out. I ran it by Google and I said, is this okay? Is this spamming? I mean, if I literally take the same video and I put it on my website and Twitter and Facebook, I mean, is that duplicate content? Because I thought Google kind of doesn't like it when you do it like that. Like, no, it's fine because it's useful. It, it's not anything that Google sees as bad. It's not there to trick the search engine. And most importantly, it's real. It's real stories that satisfy Google's algorithm of E-E-A-T. Google changed their algorithm from EAT to E-E-A-T, and that first E is experience. So showing your experience is very real and very good for potential clients, and it's very good for Google. And the AI can't do that because the AI only- posting those videos on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube. Yes. Um, how does that support your website and Google map placement? It affects all of those. So when, you, when you do a search, when someone does, you know, painter near me, right? And, you, and I want to show up in the map pack or PAA or whatever. What Google is doing is they're triangulating between all those different feeds. Now you get a single consolidated set of search results, but those are all different queries that get compiled together at runtime. So YouTube videos, people also ask regular text search, Twitter, social media pieces, all of those things get combined. And when they corroborate, meaning that this is Michael Gore Hickman and he's in Saskatoon and this is his painting company. And this is, you know, when that information corroborates, it triangulates, that sends a signal of trust to Google. And this is what Google confirmed for me last week. This is more likely to drive, it's a technical term, more likely to drive featured snippets right? When you show up in search features, which is the variety of search results when you do a search. So if you do a search for my name, Dennis Yu, you'll see a full knowledge panel pop up with all those colored boxes, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about with the knowledge yeah. panels? Yeah. Okay. How did I get a knowledge panel? Is it because I'm famous? Is it because I'm a celebrity? No, it's because I've taken 
these videos. I've pushed them to multiple places so that Google sees this clear signal of who I am, what I stand for, places I've been, friends that I have, you know, Marco Sippel is a buddy of mine. We ran the Portland Marathon together two months ago. Google knows this, right? Because I put it on Facebook and Instagram and other places. I wanted Google to see this. So now when you do a search for me, it'll also say like people also searched for Marco Sippel. Like, oh yeah, there's a lot of pictures of Dennis and Marco doing things, eating food, right? And so if you do all that and on your website, you implement schema, which sounds like a very difficult, complicated kind of thing, but it's not, then you're categorizing your information to make Google better be able to understand who you are. And having things like schema, if you do all the things I talked about here, and then you use schema, which is marking up objects on your website to show this is a person, this is a picture, this is a product that we have, this is, you know, you mark up these things, it's going to drive a knowledge panel. And is that everything like, is knowledge like panel. Just doing Like creating descriptions for each object on your website it, it's categorizing objects so if you go to you know you want to go see a movie this weekend and you you know go to wikipedia or like whatever rotten tomatoes all those objects are already categorized this is the movie we're categorizing the objects of these are the authors this is the date this is where it was shot this is the producer this is like all of those think of all the facts that are associated with an object mm -hmm. so me is an object i'm a person i'm 49 years old I was born in Dayton, Ohio. Here's some other facts about me. I've spent a billion dollars on Facebook ads and Google ads verifiably. I've argued with Mark Zuckerberg. I've been on CNN. There's like all these facts. These are all facts. And so to any particular object, I know this is a little technical, but it's actually worth understanding, okay? So for any object, they're all the facts that are associated with that object. And there's a way to tell the search engine about those associated facts and that object. And that's called schema markup. And it is not hard to do. It sounds really complicated. You could just hire a VA to do this for a few hundred dollars in one shot, you know, off of Fiverr, Upwork. Say, hey, talking to Michael Gore, Hickman, and Dennis, you, and they said we need to get schema markup on our site. Can you just go ahead and do that using the all-in-one SEO pack or rank math or whatever your favorite SEO plugin? Can you just go ahead and do that so that all our objects, all of our, you know, our office, our trucks, the products that we use, the services we have, our, our social media profiles, all of those things are categorized properly. Now, just doing that alone isn't enough to give you all this SEO magic, but it'll help you. It'll, it'll make a difference. It'll drive the knowledge panel. And what people don't know is that in 2024, search is completely changing from the 10 blue links, which is what we've been used to, to a single result a consolidated result, which is a bunch of colored boxes called a knowledge panel. Search generative experience, which you probably heard about rolling out, that's basically a dynamic knowledge panel. If you want to show up in those knowledge panels, you have to categorize your information properly. And you have to even have that information to begin with, which are these little 15-second videos. How about when it comes to the descriptions in your social media posts? So you have your you have like your Instagram, yeah. YouTube, or whatever on your website. Yeah. So it's linked there. Should you be writing descriptions with keywords with information about you or just posting the videos and let the uh, let the AI watch the video for you? The AI can watch the video. TikTok does facial recognition oh. inside the videos. That's how their search is prioritized. Okay. They don't admit that, but it's true. I talked to people inside who admitted it was true. So trying to write descriptions because you're trying to just jam in Saskatoon painting, painting contractor Saskatoon. Don't do that. 
Okay. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're writing a description, make sure it's helpful. Make sure it actually adds some kind of value. Don't do it because you're trying to trick the search engine, right? Do it because it's actually interesting because you're showing the name of the person, some context about what's going on in this video, things that we wouldn't know just from watching the video, right? If you were showing this video, I'm like, hey, Mike, check out this video. And, and I give you a little context about what's going on in the video. That's what should be in the description. And a lot of people make the mistake of writing this long description. Well, that defeats the whole purpose of watching the video. The description is there to tell you enough to you, so you can decide whether you want to watch the video or not. It's not there to replace or summarize the video. Mm -hmm. The video should should stand on its own. Well, the every part of a piece of creative serves its part. So the thumbnail is there to get your attention. The description or headline is there to kind of entice you to see like, what is this about? And then the video itself is the delivery mechanism of the content, right? It's the story that you're telling. Okay. So the quick wins that people should start doing right now is number one, get schema, uh, marking up objects on your website. Is that S C H E M A? Yes. Okay. But so if you don't have much content, there's no schema to mark up. Okay. You have to have these videos. You have to have these posts that you can push on social media. Easiest thing to do is if you've been posting on Instagram and Facebook and whatever, you can turn each of those into a blog post or you can, it's called repurposing. Mm -hmm. You can take that content and you can copy it to your GMB and you can copy it to your website. And then you have more things to mark up on schema. Most people okay. don't have their website is some static thing that was built 10 years ago. And maybe they're paying some SEO company every month, hoping that things are going well, but nothing's actually happening. And so there's no content on the site to mark up. Right. Yeah. I mean, probably 95% of websites that I've ever seen are just that static websites yeah. that are built once and maybe updated once a year. Yeah. There's no content there. You got to get the content there and then you can categorize it and create categories and you it's a know, business card right and, yeah it's a brochure that they paid someone to put on the internet and now they've paid some seo company a few thousand dollars a month the name of one who you and i know about but i won't mention their name paid thousands thousands of dollars a month hoping that seo is happening and nothing's happening mm -hmm. yeah and we don't want that to happen take control of your seo you can audit your seo marco sippel and i talk about how you can own your own marketing these other like i know you run a digital agency but the majority of these other agencies, they are just taking your money. I actually don't run an agency. You don't? Coaching business. Oh, it's coaching. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't service do any business. Anymore. Yeah. Okay. Even better. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so having great content, of course, I really like that. Um, using every opportunity to create little 15, 30 second videos, day in yeah. the life, things that are happening, jobs that you're working on, um, every review that you get. How would you like in the painting business or in any service business, there's yeah. lots of relationships, right? Tons of customers, suppliers, uh, subcontractors. How would yeah. you go about maximizing those relationships to further your SEO goals? Same way. So anyone who's a supplier, other contractors, other folks, you know, maybe you're dealing with the general contractor, the, the builder. There's all these other people that are relationships, which you want to do with permission is expose those relationships because that exposes reputation and trust and Google can see it. 
and that sends a signal that shows that you're a more legitimate company than a, than the other painting contracting company where there's like nothing going on. And they might be a great company, but there's no signal for Google to pick up on. Mm -hmm. So we need we need to have a lot of output in order for Google to see that there's a lot of quality output. And then that in itself, if done properly, will help our ranking. And yeah, but, but don't don't think this means that you have to be some reality TV guy follows you around the video camera 24 hours a day kind of thing. I mean, you could do that if you want for a week or two to try to make up for the last 10 years. But this is the kind of thing literally you just spend a few minutes a day and that's it. And have each of your team members spend just a few minutes a day. Or if that's too much, spend five minutes per week, right? maybe during our lunch breaks on Friday, whatever it is, you just need a little bit because you only have to beat the other painting contractors in your city. And the odds are they're doing very little. Mm -hmm. So if you started at like one to three videos per week posted across platform, that would be yeah. a big start. That'd be great. So let's say you did three per week and these are 15 second videos. Maybe you get carried away and you make it a one minute video, which is the thing that we teach. That's only three minutes per week. It takes three minutes to make excuses about why you didn't do it. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and after a year, you're at 150. And if those turn into website or web pages, now your website has more than 100 web pages. A key ranking factor, which isn't as strong as it used to be, is if the website has at least 100 pages. So if I type in site colon yourwebsitename.com, I get back how many pages Google thinks that it has. And most painting contractors are probably like 20 or 30. What a disaster. That's all you have? You only have 20 or 30 pages on your entire website, including the about us and contact us and legal and whatever? Come on, right? You've got to get over 100. 100, like 100 web pages. That's so much effort. That'll take so much time. No, it's not. Just make a few one-minute videos. Then hire some virtual assistant from the Philippines or South America or wherever and have them just grab the stuff off of your phone as a shared Google Drive or wherever you put it, and then they handle everything. And you only have to spend three minutes a week. Anytime you meet a new, you know, oh, this is the real estate agent that I work with. Here's a, you know, a new home builder that, that I've known for many years, or congratulations to so-and-so for, you know, whatever's going on in the town, right? Mm -hmm. And all you do is you're a cheerleader congratulating other people in their success as part of your day-to-day -day life. Just, just do what you always do. So if you, if you took a video uh, and a walkthrough, say, you, say you're doing a big project and you do a video walkthrough. So you walk yeah. through, you talk about the project as you go through it. It's like, hey, here's yeah. the walls, here's the roof, here's the whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you post that. Yeah. What type of blog content would that be on your website? Like how could you so, convert that into something that's, that's usable on your website? So we mentioned that for SEO, everything is a geo or a category. So in this case... I'm at this house here in this neighborhood within Saskatoon and we're doing this thing with the walls or the interiors or whatever it is. You're, you're just talking about what you're doing, but you're making sure to give context on where it is and what exactly you're doing and who you're doing it with and what kind of job this is and how long it's going to take and, and things like that. You're not trying to sell. Mm -hmm. You're just providing those kinds of details. And even if you've done that same walkthrough 20 times, it's going to be different each time because the, the job is different. The location is different. The technique and the approach is different. The person you're doing it with is different. The shirt you're wearing is different that day. Like there, 
all of these things are different signals. Mm -hmm. And one of them will win. It could be, you could say the exact same thing the, the, in the exact same place, like redo the same thing like 10 times if you wanted to, because it only takes a minute each. And one of them will do better than the other ones. Yeah. And we, you know, we, initially you won't know why, but if you do the analysis, you can always figure out why that particular one is better. I'm not saying, you know, do 10 takes of each thing. I'm just saying when you get enough repetition and, you know, doing this thing, you'll eventually find a winner that gets more views, more people are commenting, just whatever reason, not that it has to go viral. And when you can discover what is it about, maybe it's the way you open. Maybe it's like you, you're you doing kind of a walk and talk and people can see the background as you're doing it. it, it it's going to be some, some thing. And if you can figure out what that thing is, then you just do that over and over again. What do you think is the easiest way to post something across all of the platforms? It's just manually? I'm a big fan of, yeah, people love to use automated tools and they recommend their favorite tools. And I'm on the board of com uh, a couple of these companies that, that do this, but I'm a big fan of manually posting. A, because it forces a certain level of discipline. We have to like think like, okay, I'm going to post on Twitter. I'm going to have to be shorter and snappier. I'm posting on Instagram. That's a slightly different audience. I'm posting on TikTok. It's got to be a little shorter. There, there's all these like slight variations on how you might put in the description. Although video might be the same, right? You could still use CapCut to edit everything, which is TikTok's video editor. What a surprise. But the, the other part too is that Google and Facebook won't, admit to this, but I believe that if you use software to auto post across multiple platforms, there's a penalty there. Now they'll deny it up and down and the tool providers of course are going to deny it, but there's a penalty. And because a, when you're lazy, you don't really think about it. And then B the networks, they want to discourage robotic auto spam sorts of techniques, even though your intention is good, right? They want real thoughtful content. So what I like to do is I'll make the content once or the business owner makes the content once, but then we have a virtual assistant take care of the posting manually. And you do it for just a few networks. I was actually going to ask about that. If you're using, if you're using a virtual assistant that say is in the Philippines or something to, to do your posting for you, yeah wouldn't the geo, the IP address be off? So would you get penalized for that? No, you do it through a business manager. So if it's like a Facebook or whatever, you're doing it through the business manager, which is where you control all your assets. Or for Google, it's through your MCC, which is the equivalent of their business manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. you're not having them log in as you, you know, personally and posting it. Yeah, because you're right. Then it's going to send all these weird login you know, challenges like, Hey, are you, your account might not be secure. Somebody from Pakistan is logging in as you, and then it locks you both out. And then like all these things happen, yeah. right? But you do it through business manager. Okay. And then TikTok has a business manager and business Instagram center, which is their business Facebook. manager. Like every one of them with the exception of LinkedIn and Twitter, which are the two that are behind has a business manager. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's very helpful. Um, and so to get that, the, the last part of it, just to finish it up, to wrap it all up with a bow, the last part of it, I think there's just a little bit of unclarity there is with this schema. Yeah. So if someone has a website and say they are now committed to doing this video thing and getting a, you know, three, you know, quasi blog posts every week from these like 15 to 60 second videos. So they're yeah. starting to get a lot more content on their website and they're posting it on GM, Google My Business, among yeah. other sites. 
Right. Um, they should just go to Fiverr and find a contractor that does schema and get them to do kind of a Fiverr, Upwork. Yeah. So if you have WordPress, which I recommend, and there's no reason not to be on WordPress, then um, there's all Squarespace these. And it works great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, people talk about Squarespace and Wix and whatever. WordPress is just better, which is a whole like okay. I've had this argument with other people. Yes, you can make it work with Squarespace, but it's just you're going to run into limitations. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the beauty of WordPress as a platform is that it supports all the different plugins. So whether you use Yoast or Rank Math or whatever your favorite SEO plugin is, then it's very easy to optimize your posts, your tagging, your categories, your titles all these other things. And there's AI that is integrated with these plugins now that will recommend better titles, that'll recommend where you can link between existing posts that you have. So Link Whisper is one of my favorite SEO plugins, plus Rank Math, where when you create that post, the AI will suggest tags that you should use, will suggest other sentences that you can do to add. You can use ChatGPT to write the rest of the content for sure. You can upload the image and ask ChatGPT to write it because it can analyze it, right? But the SEO plugins, mainly on WordPress, that have the AI built in will automatically tune those posts and link between them. So if your site has any kind of ranking power, it will be distributed between the correct posts. And that is something that we used to do manually, but now the systems are getting pretty smart at figuring out where to link between like this kind of painting or mm -hmm. this kind of neighborhood or this kind of job or this, you know, that like the system will look across all your content and figure out where it should be linked between different pages. This is called internal linking. Mm -hmm. And that can happen almost automatically. So a VA can do that for you and you just pay them, you know, whatever, a hundred dollars to do that. Okay. So that's a lot, I think, of to-dos for, for people listening to this. And I'm very cautious about overwhelming people. Um, I yeah. think we did a good job covering uh, basically intro to Facebook ads or really any advertising and testing uh, yeah. social media and using that across platforms is a wonderful idea. Um, we're actually internally, like at Painter Growth, um, we have this this podcast and what we've actually just started is creating a blog. We we're going to start at our most popular podcast episodes. Yeah. Repurpose yeah. those into a blog um, and then put those on our websites and start doing that. Super smart. Yeah. All podcasts should be repurposed. Obviously there's podcast distribution platforms, but you should put it to YouTube and embed that YouTube URL inside a blog post, then run the transcription using YouTube transcript or descript or whatever to get the words, run the, the, the transcription through ChatGPT saying, you're an expert editor, take this podcast and, and redo it into an article, right? And it'll do that. Yeah, it's exactly Fantastic. what we did. 100% yeah. exactly what And did. it works from an SEO standpoint and it helps your site. And you'll see yeah. where that's driving new visitors that are not just coming from YouTube, but from other places and ChatGPT has character limitations on the 3.5 or 2.5 or whatever. So, um, use 4.0 and you have a 20, 128,000 tokens. They, uh, but, they closed, they closed, uh, enrollment. Oh yeah. They said it cause they had, they have too many people on it right now, but they're going to yeah. reopen it soon. Yeah. We'll get back on. I'll get on that eventually. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to touch on, and I, I think that you, 
you feel that SEO and, and personal brand are kind of the same thing, but yeah. I mean, you have uh, obviously had a long career. You've done a lot of different things, but you know, you now have like um, you know, probably over a million followers across platforms. Yeah. Um, how did that happen? It's going to sound ridiculous. I never sought to be famous or an influencer or, you know, I have friends of mine who are like, hey, Dennis, let's go rent a Lamborghini so we can make fun of all these influencer people who have millions of followers. I've always sought to do a really good job in whatever I do. And when that happens, people talk about it. I get invited to podcasts. I get to hang out with really cool people. I speak at conferences. Like I was telling you, I spoke in 10 countries in the last 10 weeks. So I don't even know like what time it is. I'm so jet lagged. And when people talk about the good work that you do and when you share expertise and people talk about that, like, hey, there's that episode on SEO where Dennis and Mike, you know, talked about this, this one thing about schema and whatever it was like, oh, that was really helpful. I'm going to go share that with my other painting contractor friends. Like, okay, great. Thank you. When other people share your stuff, that results in more followers. That results in more it could be people don't follow you because you say, hey, follow me. Oh, make sure to subscribe. Make, make sure to click like and follow. I never, ever, ever ask for that, right? But when you do good things, other people want to hang out with you. So I was speaking at the National Funeral Directors Association. How wild is that? I was their closing keynote, huge auditorium with thousands of people. And we adopted a few funeral homes and said, hey, do you have a young adult? And you want to get your SEO done? Have them go through our training and implement boom, 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 boom. And you can fire your SEO agency, okay? Just like literally have your young adult go through this stuff. And we featured the stories of these. We had some big funeral homes with many locations. We had some mom and pops. And they all told the story about how they found some young adult to go through our training and drove all these great results. And the National Funeral Directors Association, they put it in their magazine. They put it on the internet. They put it all you know, on their website and all that so that all these thousands of other funeral directors are following the example that we set of, hey, here's this training on how to do SEO. Have your young adult go through it. We're not even charging for it. Just have them go through it. And enough people are talking about it that it's creating more followers for me, more traffic, more of all these things. But not once do you see, Mike, did I ever say, hey, come check out my website or go follow me or be a subscriber on YouTube. I never once ever said that. I'm just trying to give out all my stuff for free, right? And I've been doing that for almost 30 years now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had a lot of experience with contractors who've been, you know, putting in their honest best work. They do the, you know, best, you ask yeah. 100 contractors, 95 of them will say we're the best quality ones in the area. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, and they, they're able to stay busy enough through word of mouth, at least for themselves, but, but not busy enough to run multiple crews, right. To scale right. up from, from like, you know, right. 20,000 a month to 200,000 a month. Right. Um, how would you, I mean, is paid advertising the, the way to do that quickly or how would you, yeah, local service ads created? Number one is local service ads. Remember, but it starts with number one, which is do good work, obviously, because if you have bad reviews, then no amount of advertising is going to overcome that. But if you're taking good care of your customers, you want to amplify that. If you want, if you say, you know, the 95 out of 100 folks, like you said, they all insist they're doing great work, then your reviews should be good. And the reviews that you just kind of get passively, that just sort of happen, you can get more by actively 
encouraging your customers to leave reviews by sending them some cookies, by calling them up a week later saying, hey, you know, I just wanted to say thank you, you know, Christmas cards, you know, whatever. There's all these different ways of saying thank you to your customers. Simply by asking. Most yes, simply by asking. It's not some magic thing. I mean, there's one technique that we use. We teach a lot of contractors, which is when these crews go out and right when they're done finished with the job, don't wait for like two weeks later where they get a call back or some email tool that says, you know, whatever. But you say, hey, you know, part of my compensation is, you know, getting great reviews. So would you be willing to help me by, by leaving a review about what it was like working with me? And with that personal appeal, most people say yes to that. And then when they say yes, you say, here's the, here's the magic phrase. If you give me your phone, I will show you how. And then people just kind of robotically hand over their phone to you. That's the phrase. If you give me your phone, I'll show you how. And then they literally scan the QR code and, you know, write the review for them or have them just say whatever or film a little video right there. That's how you get tons more user-generated content at the moment when the client's very happy about the job. If you give me your phone... I'll show you how. How many people know that phrase? Yeah, I like that. We do the first part where it's like the tied to compensation. It's like, hey, yeah. my boss will give me a bonus if you give us a review. Would yeah. you willing to do that? And but that's like not that. an incentivized review because the number one thing I hear back when people say this, oh, you're not allowed to pay people, you know, because like restaurants will say like, hey, if you leave a five star on Yelp or whatever, I'll give you a free dessert. That's against the terms of service. That'll get you banned. That's true. That's giving the customer an incentive. But if you say, hey, I as an employee, I get the incentive, that's completely within the rules on Facebook, mm -hmm. Google, Yelp, all of them. 100%. I love it. Yeah, yeah you do wonderful. that. So then when you ca capture that and you, you get the little video or you get the pictures, because sometimes like women in particular, like they don't want to show their hair or whatever it is, right? It's a vanity thing. Fine. But when you get that review or that story or the behind the scenes, that's the raw ingredient that you repurpose. That's can, how you win it. Can someone post a video to a Google review? Yes. That'd I've done good. hundreds. I'm a level eight reviewer. I have almost 10 million views on my Google reviews. Oh, wow. And I'm just one guy. Yeah. I left a, I left a, a whatever review at this pizza place and I keep getting emails. Your review's got 5,000 views. Your review's yeah. got 10,000 views. <laughs> I, I have pictures and videos that have over a million. Actually, it's videos that have gotten the most views. You can imagine why I, I have videos that have millions of views each. I'm just picturing, um, that perfect scenario. If you have a super happy customer, if you show me your phone, I'll show you, if you give me your phone, I'll show you how you go uh -huh. to Google, put in five stars and like have them not write yeah. a review, but like, Hey, if you click here, you can record quick video. Can you uh -huh. just tell them about your experience? Yeah. And just guide them through it. And yeah. the best way to do that is if you're making eye contact with them. Now, people are afraid looking at a camera because it's intimidating, public speaking, whatever. So you just look at them, establish eye contact like this. Instead of having the phone in front of them, you turn the phone to the side 30 degrees. So then they're still looking at you and the phone is at a 30 degree angle. You follow me? And then mm -hmm. you just interview them saying, hey, you know, what was it like working with this? Can you just kind of walk me through like when I got here, as we did the job up until now, just chronologically walk me through what, what was it like? And they tell you, and you say, 
and and how do you feel? And this is the key. How do you feel about working with us, right? And so the reason why you say feel is you're trying to get the emotion into that review because otherwise they'll say working with Michael Gore Hickman was good. I enjoyed working with him. He did a good job. They showed up on time, blah, 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 blah. I mean, those are good words, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that fails because you want to have the emotion. Like, wow, you know, Mike showed up on time. I really enjoyed the work that he did. I mean, look, look at the, look at how it looks now, right? It was nasty before. And so when they give you kind of the first draft, they, they say the words for the first time. The words are still kind of coming out of their brain. They're trying to make those words, make those sentences. And so it comes off as tentative a little bit because they're trying to figure out exactly what to say. Once they've said it, you say, now good, one more time, please. Right. And when they say it the second time, it comes out more powerfully. And you might feel like yeah. you're being rude to ask them the second time, but they almost never mind. Like, oh, that's awesome. That's good. Could you just do it one more time? And the second time, it comes out so much better. You see why? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I and feel like never do that, and that's why their video reviews suck. For someone though, to go from not even asking for a review to asking for a view, and then asking for a video, and then asking for a video a second time, right? It's like I, I know it's one of those things. That you, there's levels to this, okay? Like if you yeah. want to be at the super pro level, do it. What I'm talking about. Otherwise, literally just getting the review is better than nothing. For sure. But of course, if you're going to get the review, might as well ask them to say it a second time. You know that kind of thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely work your way up that channel, but don't like think about that end where you need to ask them twice for the video review to being the reason why you don't ask for the review in the first place. Right. And you'll, you can tell whether they're cool with it or not. Right. Like, like once they've left their, you have this little conversation, if you can tell like, Oh, they don't want to say any more then don't push it obviously. But most yeah. of the time they're happy to, because they know that they're helping you. Out. I know we're running out of time here, but what would you say some words of advice for people who are, uh, a little bit scared of technology or who just don't really know where to start? Like what would be your advice to someone like that? They're not judging you based on you being Tom Cruise or whatever kind of actor you're a painter. Okay. You have crews of people that go around and paint people's houses. That's the expectation. This whole judgment about like, I'm an introvert. I didn't even speak English until I was seven years old. So if I can do it, I don't even have any hair. I don't even like how I sound. But don't worry about that because the only judge is going to be yourself. It's always ourselves that we judge. You're here to grow your business. And there's other families that depend upon this. So all the people in your crews and their families are all depending upon you as the leader of your business. So even though it's a little uncomfortable to make these videos and there's all this like tactical stuff you've got to learn, it's worth it because your business depends upon this marketing. And if you don't want to do it, then find some young adult and have them go through all our training, which is public, and so they can do it. But somebody's got to do it. You can't just throw it over the wall to some agency and just pretend and hope that they're going to do this for you, okay? They don't really care. The only one who's going to care about your business as much as you do is you. Wise words. I love it. Well, Dennis, thanks for coming on today, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. Awesome. I appreciate you. And maybe next time we have you on, uh, we can talk about virtual assistants because uh, you have a goal of creating a million jobs. That's right. We're a quarter of the way there. We've created a lot of jobs, but 25% still an F. Yeah. So let's... And a lot uh, of places. Go. I mean, mainly the Philippines, but you know, Pakistan is up and coming, South America, a lot of friends in, in South Africa. There's so many places that we can create jobs. And 
us as Americans, I can't even hire people at $60,000 a year because McDonald's pays 20 bucks an hour. So I've got to hire people from these other places. Well, that is a conversation for another day and I look forward to having it. Awesome, Mike. Let's do it. Thanks, Appreciate Senator. you. Thanks for listening to the Painter Growth Podcast. If you want to grow your painting business, go to www.paintergrowth.com or click on the top link in the description. Talk soon.